Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. For many of you, you know that we are in the middle of a series of questions dealing with the state of theology survey that Ligonier Ministries has been doing every two years for six to eight years now. And we are just picking our way through some of those questions. Unfortunately for you, I'm in the studio <laughs> as the only of the regulars, um, but I do have with me um, three gentlemen from the Treasure Valley that were willing to come in and help out. Vinny Hinky from Valley Life Church here in town. Hey, Russ. Good morning, sir. And Ben Rao from The Well Church. Good morning. And Ryan Hempfell from... Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. We are looking at these questions that people took. um, I think over 3,000 people were in the original survey. And what we're concerned about is that at the end of the day, that you as our listeners are grounded in the truths of God's Word. And so I don't want it to come across that we're trying to tell you the, quote, right answer according to us, we are trying to direct you back to God's Word and say, well, what's the right answer according to the Word of God? And so hopefully this will help help you be grounded in the truth in a way that then you can engage um, with those that are around you that clearly are taking positions that are contrary to what the Word might be saying. So, the first question we're going to look at is that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. So how should have a person answered that on the on the survey? Strongly no. disagree. <laughs> Strongly disagree. And yes. why is that? Why should they say that everyone is not born innocent? I think one of the clearest explanations or proclamations in Scripture regarding this is in Psalm 51. And if you don't know the history of that psalm, and uh, th- this was after the period, you know, King David, he was not, he was not 100% a pure man, and he had a deep falling in his life, committed adultery, murdered the, the woman's husband in war, um, and he was challenged on that, and he did repent, and out of that, the Holy Spirit moved him to write Psalm 51, and uh, in that, it's a psalm of deep confession, And we come to verse uh, five. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So in that, what David is saying is that his sinfulness, and what we learn is our sinfulness comes out of a heart that is sinful. Um, You know, the saying is we are are sinners, we are not um, sinners because we sin, we sin because we are sinners. And then... The Apostle Paul in, in Romans quotes Psalm 14 where it says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, none who seeks God. So it's 
when scripture asks that question, the answer is usually and always there is no one who is righteous. Doctrinally, we call this, what's our doctrine here? Original sin. Original sin. Mm-hmm. And so we're all born guilty. None of us are born innocent. Now, graciously, maybe there was some confusion on the question that that's a judicial judgment. I'm guilty before God because I'm born with the guilt of the original parents, Adam and Eve, has been imputed to me. Mm. However, when a child is born, they are quote-unquote innocent in the sense that they don't know experientially sin. They've not lived in a world of sin. They're, they don't have knowledge mm. of sin around them. So in a to be at least somewhat gracious, we can say maybe people under, misunderstood the question and landed here. Mm-hmm. However, there is another question in the survey that makes me think that it wasn't a misunderstanding of the question, but just a different doctrinal position that they've taken. And the other question is, everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. And what's interesting about that is that basically you have 65% of of people who took the survey saying they agree with that, that people are good by nature. Mm. We've already answered, at least in part, based upon what Ryan said, that that's not true. Mm. That's what Paul is very strongly going through in Romans 3. So if you're wondering, well, why can you say that people aren't good by nature, I would just encourage you to go to Romans 3 and read through it, and and Paul is grabbing all of these Old Testament quotes. So it's not just Paul's making something up. Paul is doing some some biblical work for you saying, hey, let me grab all these things from the Old Testament so that you know that no one's righteous, Mm -hmm. that no one is born good. Why do people think that people are born good? I'm going to blame the Hallmark Channel, <laughs> um, just personally. Uh, you know, where everybody's kind of good, and even the bad people are just a little misguided in, in internal motives. But I, I really think it's it's cultural messaging for me. You know, it's it's always look inside and, and look internally for the the right thing to do or, or the right way to behave. And it's I think it's just a continual barrage of that message that we are good by nature or misguided and all we need to do is look inside to be corrected um, rather than um, if we look at Jesus's words in John 3 we've got everybody's favorite memory verse in John three sixteen, but a couple of verses down later in 18 we see whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already hmm. because he has not believed in the name of the son or the only son of God so the the world starts in a deficit position hmm. in their relationship with God we start in uh, a need for reconciliation. That's the point of the gospel message uh, that God and his mercy and graciousness has brought reconciliation. But I, I think the cultural message is so so the other way that we, we've got trouble, again, being informed by the scriptures rather than the cultural narrative. Yeah, and I think um, a part of that too, you know, you mentioned experientially, you know, a, a, a baby or a small child, you know, doesn't really have an understanding necessarily of a concept of what sin is. You know, when I was living at home and working at Starbucks, my mom was nannying this little girl. And, you know, from when time she was an infant, so we kind of saw her grow. And I remember at a very young age, she was 
she was going, she crawled up to the TV and kind of stood up there and she knew the rule was, you know, she wasn't allowed to touch it. And so my mom said like, you know, don't touch the TV. And I was shocked. She just turned her little head and looked right at my mom and just her little finger just went doop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yep. There's original sin. I mean, it's, it's there. We may, may not know or understand fully, but again, as, as scripture kind of repeatedly points us to, and Jesus taught his disciples this of not judging people by what goes in their mouth, but by what comes out hmm. because it's out of our heart that we sin. And from the very beginning, we have a wicked heart. I was fascinated. I, I started my life in, as an adult, as a teacher, um, and I was trained as an educator. And there is at least kind of in the background of educational training that the, the fundamental problem of people is a lack of education. Mm. That if they just had more information, more knowledge, then that would cure them of, of whatever they wouldn't call it sin. What they would say is that people aren't people aren't doing bad things because of sin. They're doing bad things because they're they're not knowledgeable. They're Ill, uninformed or ill-informed. And I always thought that was quite naive. But then I I ended up working for a guy as a principal that he was actually a member of a reformed church. And he and I would constantly disagree about things. And eventually it came out, he told me, you know, the kids are basically good. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, no, the kids are basically bad. And he said, well, no. But then we always disagreed on educational beliefs and practices and ideas. And then he would always say, well, we agree more than we disagree. And I'm like, no, we don't. We disagree because <laughs> fundamentally we're at starting yeah. yep. at different starting points. Yep. You can't say people are basically good and people are basically bad and end up in the same position logically at the end. And he actually thought we could. And it was very frustrating for me. I had uh, six to ten years of just complete frustration of working with, with somebody or working for somebody that I fundamentally disagreed with. But What's the danger of believing that people are basically good? How come that is such a, I think it's biblically wrong, but where does that lead? How does that get you in trouble? I think it means people are left thinking, well, well nothing really fundamentally needs to change. Like perhaps there's, there's some polishing that we need to do around the edges and some, some sweeping away of things, but generally speaking, there's no there's no fundamental heart change that needs to to take place. I'm 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 okay. Um, I've got nothing to nothing to fear. You know, yesterday is uh, was election day, and you know, we're recording this on election day, so we don't know all the results. But you know, every couple of years, this mentality kind of rears its head on a social level because people are going to the voters box and they're casting their vote because of policies. And everybody sees there's a need for change in our country. That's there's evil in our land, and but nobody is recognizing that it's because we are all evil, <laughs> and we need a heart change in order for things to actually change. It doesn't matter who's president, governor, congressmen, and women. Uh, it doesn't matter if uh, we're all just trying to 
patch a leaking boat or put band-aids over a festering sore, it's, it's not going to heal. It needs Christ. Yeah. It reduces the answer to what you talked about in your education example is, well, we just need to get more information to people. And so it's either the, the need becomes, I just need more instruction so that I can endure a moral reformation rather than a, a deep spiritual need. So I think it does damage to our understanding of mm. humanity and then ultimately damage to our understanding of God's character mm. because it diminishes. If sin is diminished, then God's holiness is diminished and understanding the depth of the offense we have attributed toward God in our sin when that's diminished, then then the gospel itself is diminished. I think that's a huge problem. Yeah, ultimately, we don't need Christ. Mm. We just need more training. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, then the solution either becomes education or environment. Yep. And so we turn our, our trust or put our trust in education or we put our, our trust in, in systems, educational systems, governmental systems, structural things, that if that person has the right environment and the right education, then they'll be okay. And and the fact of the matter is they're not going to be okay because as as Ben was saying earlier, it's a heart issue. They need to be born again. Mm. That the only cure for them, the only help, the only solution is a new heart. The the regenerative work of the of the spirit in their heart and life. And then I think at the end of the day, what happens is the gospel's lost. Yeah. I don't need that. I can just do some refining and then what happens is we we parent this way don't we Mm -hmm. we just engage in behavior modification yep as long as we can control the external it's all good and it's not the our children we we all need a new heart well thanks for listening for the gospel for life we will continue working through the rest of the state of theology tomorrow see you then 